It's the Morning Sun Podcast, y'all. I'm your host, TJ Two Braids. Lock in with us. Let's go. Second season of the Morning Sun Podcast. And I don't know about you, but um, man, I'm thrilled. We got a lot to talk about. I got a lot of uh, a lot of topics I want to discuss that have a lot to do with what's going on in the world today. Um, but the reality is, man, we're all going through something, and especially with this coronavirus. Uh, man, there's just a lot we could talk about. A whole lot we could talk about. But like we always do, um, we got some segments. And a lot of the, the segments people liked are back. So, um, we got Save Not Soft. We got, um, we got Save Not Soft. We got Spiritual Life Hacks. And then we got a couple other topics we're going to talk about. Uh, this is being broadcast live on YouTube, Facebook, to Facebooks and YouTube. So I found a way I'm streaming on three platforms at once. Um, so I'm on the Lebanon Lutheran page. I'm on my own page and uh, I'm on YouTube all live right now. And then this will obviously again, go to Spotify, Apple podcast, Google podcast, everywhere you find podcasts. Um, it'll be there. So feel free to comment, uh, feel free to question, whatever, and let's just jump into it again. I'm your host, TJ Two Braids. This is the Morning Sun Podcast. We kicking off season two. Uh, now, you know, I've had a lot of people. It's funny. <laughs> I've had a lot of people say, I need some time to catch up on your podcast. Well, guess what? We all have more of time. So I hope you do go back and watch uh, season one. Listen to season one. I thought there was some good stuff on there, but uh you know, this is season two, and I want to start with the first segment, which is Save Not Soft. Uh, excuse me, quick question. Are you saved or are you soft? Which one? And <clears throat> we just going to jump right into it. I'm being quarantined. Y'all being quarantined. I'm working from home. I was sick even before that. I've had a sinus infection. Um... They wouldn't even test me for COVID-19. They told me I didn't have enough of the symptoms. Crazy enough. I mean, who knows? Maybe I did have it. I don't know. I, I pray to God I didn't, but they wouldn't test me. Um, and, you know, this happens to me. What the crazy thing is, this happens to me every year during this. Uh, I've been at home recovering. I'm pretty much fully 100% back to health. Uh, but just like you. I'm in my crib chilling, quarantine, uh, social distancing. I haven't been out really at all a lot in the last week. Went a couple places. That was it. But um, we in this together, man. We're going to get this through this together. And the first segment is Save Not Soft. And I want to talk about how do we maneuver through a global pandemic as a Christian, as a believer, um, and once again, I talk on this podcast from a Christian perspective, Christian worldview. Um, 
But that doesn't mean that you have to be a Christian to watch this. That you doesn't mean you have to fully agree with everything I say on this show to watch it, to participate, to engage, to interact. Um, but how are we maneuvering through this global pandemic and how am I doing it specifically as a Christian? Um, and so I have this quote. I have this quote by Martin Luther that I want to share um, that someone passed to me recently. And um, let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, basically, so my friend shared a quote with me. I don't have the full quote because it's on my phone and I'm live streaming. What up, Lennox? What up, Justin, Lana? Who else is watching? Katie, whoever's watching. What up, y'all? So there's this quote I found from Martin Luther that was passed on to me. And this was during the Black Plague, I believe, or the Bubonic Plague way back in the day, um, which was way worse than what, what we're going through right now. Um, and basically he said, yeah, I'm going to use precaution and I'm going to be safe and I'm going to wash my hands and whatnot. But if my neighbor needs me, I'm not going to hesitate to answer the call. Uh, and if someone's in need, I'm not going to hesitate to serve them. And I thought that was very timely for a time like this, you know, um, <clears throat> most churches are going to online format, you know, there's things that are lacking. So for instance, my basketball reach, I do every Saturday. We haven't done it in weeks. Um, you know, I'm not at work. I'm not at the boys and girls club working. I'm working from home, but I'm not at the space where kids can come in every day, get advice, talk, kick it, play pool, laugh, uh, escape reality, whatever, whatever kids do when they come there. Um, but yet we can't allow that to stop us. So even from my home, how can I help meet someone's needs? How can I give them resources? How can I tell them where to go? How can I personally meet their need? Um, how can I continue to serve people? How can I continue to be there for my neighbor, for my friends, for my family uh, in this pandemic, which everyone's freaking out about? Everyone's nervous, scared, afraid. All these things are happening. And at the end of the day, I can't allow this pandemic to shake the core of who I am as a person. So sure, I'll use precaution. Uh, sure, I'll wash my hands more often than not, uh, whatever we do. But at the end of the day, we can't let this stop us from living. We can't let this stop us from living. Uh, even how are we living? You know, there's so many things that we've always wanted to accomplish in life, which I'm going to get to at a later segment in this show. Now is the time. We have more time than ever on our hands. A lot of us anyways, have more time than ever on our hands. Um, so I wanted to share that quote with you from Martin Luther. If you don't know who Martin Luther is, uh, he's a theologian, which just basically means he studied and wrote about Christian theology and doctrine for the duration of his life. Um, but there's another missionary who I heard about, I think during the black plague. So Martin Luther's quote that I shared was during the bubonic plague. Uh, there's another missionary, I forgot his name, but it was during, I believe, the Black Plague. Um, he said he had so much faith that God was going to protect him that he refused to quarantine. He refused social distancing. 
and he continued to help people. He continued to lay his hands on people and pray for them um, and, and different things. And they were amazed. Med med medical professionals and doctors and people in the health field were amazed that he didn't catch it. And the story goes, basically, uh, he went so far as to say, I want you to even test me, take some of my bacteria. And so they took it and they put it in the little lab and microscope. And when the virus would contact with his DNA, it would just die right away. The virus basically saying God was protecting them that magnificently. Uh, and I don't know what you believe, but I believe that. God is all powerful. God is all knowing. God is not afraid of a virus. God is not surprised by COVID-19, the black plague, the bubonic plague, H1N1, all these Ebola, these things that were supposed to kill us, the Mayan calendar, Y2K, uh, all these things that supposedly were going to end the world. Um, God is not surprised by these and God is not defined by what happens in the earth because he is the creator of the earth, the creator of the universe. And there's so many questions we could have. We could say, why does God allow this to happen? Um, which I don't necessarily want to get fully into, but I do believe God is in control. And I do believe that although God may not cause these things to happen, he can still work in them and through them. Um, I, I saw a meme that's been circulating a lot over the last several days, and it's basically saying <clears throat> there's no more entertainment. There's no more sports. There's no more movies, no more shopping centers, no more restaurants, no clubs, no going out to the bars. Uh, do you finally have time to speak with me? In other words, God is saying all this is removed out of your life now. And do you finally have time to have a conversation with me. It's interesting. Do we do we still say we have no time for God? No time for the Bible, no time for prayer, no time for spiritual things. Uh I hope not, but when it comes back to being saved not soft, we could allow fear to cripple us. We could just coop up in our house, we could panic buy, uh we could be selfish. Right. Panic buying is selfish. You're not thinking of your neighbor. The Bible says that you should love your neighbor just as much as you love yourself. So I wonder in America, how many Christians, how many professing Christians are panic buying versus loving your neighbor as yourself and not panic buying everything so that there's uh, there's stuff for other people. Uh, look at elderly people. Stores are having to resort to having elder only shopping because that's how greedy we are as Americans. We're so greedy. We could give a crap if an elder has the opportunity to go buy. And don't get me started on the rich versus the poor. Right. I just heard a thing that uh, there's this there's this local. Uh, it's like a hood store that has a lot of fresh produce. And and they're saying that, you know, wealthy people got wind of it and they're going to buy everything up. Uh, it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me how selfish people can be in life. Uh, the Bible says that it's better to give than to receive. These are all principles laid out for us in God's book. But a lot of times we don't want to we don't want to follow them. 
professing Christians included. Um, <clears throat> so how are we being saved and not soft in this pandemic? Being soft would mean that you're living in fear. You're afraid. You're afraid for your kids. You're afraid for your health. You're afraid about your job. You're afraid about your finances. You're scared of your neighbors. Uh, you don't even want to be on the same side of the street as anyone anymore. No, that's not living a godly life. That's not living in power. The Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound mind. So that's the first segment, man. Save not soft. How are we maneuvering through a global pandemic as believers? And I would encourage you to challenge yourself in the way that I'm challenging myself. Um, again, this is the Morning Sun podcast. We're just going to get right into segment two. Uh, this is being streamed live on Facebook on youtube and once this is done it'll get uploaded to youtube spotify google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, everywhere that podcasts are you can find it so share it with your friends uh, the second thing i want to talk about is spiritual life hacks a life hack defined by google is a strategy or technique adopted in order to manage one's time and daily activities in a more efficient way so you think of a life hack, right? What is a life hack? A life hack is something that is meant to make your life more convenient. It's meant to make your life easier, uh, more comfortable, more efficient in a world that is so about multitasking and being efficient. Life hacks do just that for us. Um, and a spiritual life hack that I can honestly admit that I've neglected I'll be the first one here to tell on myself uh, is Sabbath rest. I find it interesting that during this outbreak, during this pandemic, there's so much time to rest. Now, of course, I'm working from home and my employer has me on a, you know, work schedule from home and things. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I found more time than ever to just rest. It's been weird because I'm a person who doesn't rest. Um, in fact, people closest to me that really know all the ventures and things that I do. Um, I've pe People will say, you know, they're impressed by what I can accomplish. Uh, having multiple jobs and ministries and outreaches and doing music and podcasts. And my my thing is it's not about all those it's about the fact that i only have one life to live and i want to live it to the fullest and i want to pass on all the knowledge that i've accumulated because what is a man to just have knowledge and accumulate it without sharing it with the world and, and what is it for a man to learn lessons in life and then not pass those life lessons on to others um and so you think you think about rest um and how much i've been able to rest during this pandemic and the spiritual life hack that i want to talk about is sabbath rest so what is a sabbath rest you look at god according to the bible he created the earth and everything in it in a number of days six days and on the seventh day it says god rested um 
And the Sabbath is uh, is an age old tradition carried on by believers, which just basically means you take one day out of the week and you rest. And if we were in biblical times, uh, a rest would mean there's no work. You don't go shopping. You don't farm. You don't take all you do is rest. You don't do any work. You don't do anything to break a sweat even basically. And we look at our lives as Americans and how many of us can say that we've actually held to the practice of Sabbath rest in a world that has um, in a world that has told us it's all about multitasking. It's all about multiple income streams. It's all about doing as much as you can, accumulating as much wealth and respect and power and education as you can. I'll be the first to admit that this pandemic convicted me of the fact that I don't Sabbath, Sabbath rest. Um, there's so much to be done in the world. There's so many people that need guidance and love and assistance. Um, and there's so many avenues that I feel called to. And in this pandemic, it's almost like I don't want to say God made this pandemic just simply so that we would Sabbath rest. But like I said a few moments ago, even though God may not have caused this pandemic, he can work through the pandemic and in the pandemic to get his message across to us. And I believe one of the messages that he wants to get across to his people um, is Sabbath rest and just how tired my body was. I know I was sick. I had a sinus infection, but I feel like what God has been revealing to me is my body's been tired. But I just keep going and going and going that I didn't realize it. My body's been hurt. I've had multiple injuries from hooping playing with kids and things like that and just never have time to heal because it's just another open gym to go to another hoop to shoot on another place to go play basketball another kid that wants to you know play this or that or my own kids want to play with me and in this I found my body my mind my soul is tired and I need to rest and it's crazy that it could it could take a pandemic and a quarantine and a social distancing for some of us like myself to realize the importance of Sabbath rest um, and how it's OK. You know, one of my old spiritual life hacks I talked about on one of the other episodes in season one was to not be a yes man. And I believe that that goes hand in hand with Sabbath rest. See, a yes man is someone who says yes to everything. Yes to this event and that event and this opportunity and that outreach and that church service and that conference and that this and that, that. and then you're overwhelmed. I've long I've long been past the point of being a yes man. In fact, I say no to all types of opportunities and avenues and ventures. Um but even in what I do say yes to, am I finding time to rest? Um, I am now. And when the world goes back to however it's going to go back to, uh, it'll be interesting to see how the world comes out of this. I believe we're going to, but 
You know, will people quit shaking hands? Will people quit? Will social distance, social distancing be a new norm? Uh, will be more at home? And you think it'll be interesting. But I wanted to share the spiritual life hack with y'all. Uh, and that's the spiritual life hack is Sabbath rest um, and how important it is. And so that's the second segment. Once again, this is the Morning Sun podcast. This is season two, the premiere of season two, episode one. Season one, along with this episode, uh, has always been live streamed on Facebook. Now we're live streaming on YouTube at TJ Two Braids. And then, of course, the podcast by tomorrow will be available on Spotify, Anchor FM. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, everywhere you find podcasts. Um, and I'm your host, TJ Tubrates. So the third thing I want to talk about today <clears throat> is how you going to spend your government check. We've been hearing reports that each American household is going to get a government check, right? If you qualify, uh, I think they said you had to make less than 75 K or a hundred K. I was like, oh, I'm in that bracket. You feel me? But it's funny. It'll be interesting to see how, how would you spend your government check? If the government gave you, let's say they give you $2,400, what are you going to do with that check? Feel free to comment below. Um, how are you going to spend, let's say the government gives you two grand. What are you going to do with it? I thought about that. You know, do you put it towards bills? Do you put it towards saving? Uh, do you go on a vacation? I don't think anyone's going on a vacation anytime soon. Uh, I honestly probably said I'd put half to student loans and the other half I'd probably buy more studio equipment, honestly. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how Americans as a whole would spend their government check, especially during a pandemic. Uh, maybe people will invest in toilet paper. I don't, <laughs> I really don't know. Um, honestly, I think it's a good thing though. I mean, I don't necessarily need a government check. I don't feel like I'm in a position financially that I'm worried. Um, I'm blessed that I'm, I'm working from home. And as an employee of the Boys and Girls Club of the Twin Cities, um, I'm getting paid my full hours. I'm blessed that I'm an urban missionary. So regardless of what happens, uh, I have half of what I make yearly raised through supporters and donors. Um, I'm blessed to be the new lead pastor at Lebanon Lutheran. And I know that, you know, there's that 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 funnel. So I don't necessarily need. um I don't necessarily need um, a government check, but I'll take one gladly. It, it's also interesting who would gladly spend the government check, even though they hate Trump. I find that interesting. W will you give your check back? No, I don't think so. Uh, that's just a joke. I just had to, you know, poke a little fun at some people. Uh, but. You know, how will you spend your government check? My cousin, he just got an Xbox, he says, on the stream here. Uh, yeah, he guess he wants to get busted in 2K. We already started the 2K League, my dude, but we can add you to it if you want. 
Um, but yeah, how you gonna spend your government check? Interesting question. What what would you do with it? Drop a comment. Let me know. Uh, let me know how you gonna spend your government check. Um, you know, I always wanted to go to Hawaii. Honestly, me and my wife was just talking about this. First of all, I don't know if I could survive mentally in a plane going over the ocean because my mind still grapples with the idea. How does that plane stay in the air? Why don't I have a parachute? Why is my anxiety fine every other day of my life except when I board an airplane? These are all questions that would probably prevent me from going to Hawaii. And if by the faith of a mustard seed, I was able to get on a plane to Hawaii. I mean, we can't even vacation now because of COVID-19. So I don't know what I do with my government check, but it is what it is. Uh, and the last thing I wanted to talk about during this podcast, uh, by the way, feel free to comment. If you have anything you want to talk about, if you have uh, if you want to jump on the screen, I can add you to the broadcast. We chop it up real quick. It's up to you. My cousin says I would spend it on stuff my family would need first by the necessities and then get stuff we would want. You a wise man, bro. You a wise man. <laughs> Buy your needs first. And if there's anything left, get what you want. Right. Uh, the only thing uh, the only other thing I could say that would be even wiser than that is probably get what you need and then save the rest. Right. But. <laughs> It is what it is. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about was panic buying. Customers have been snapping up everything in sight. Store shelves nationwide are dwindling or totally empty, like at this Target near Washington, D.C. I can't believe what people are doing inside. Shelves are empty. It's like we're going to out of nowhere. It really is unexplainable. So why are so many people buying everything you i seen a dude he basically had his whole back of his pickup truck full of toilet paper <laughs> like bro you realize that having a clean butt right i saw a meme that the homie superman shared <laughs> it was all these dudes in like quarantine suits right and he says they're all dead and the other guy says but did you see how clean their butt were butts were <laughs> like like what is buying all the toilet paper exactly what exactly like because i feel like many of us have this question in our mind what exactly can you pinpoint one exact thing that that is going to do for your life during this pandemic you are now the guinness world record holder for owning the most toilet paper in human history there's napkin i mean let's be real if worse came to worse there's napkins there's socks how many people have about 78 mismatched socks in their house i know i do um there's leaves there's all types of things that you could do um this dude says, I seen a guy at Menards who had two full carts of pizzas. You couldn't fit anything else in the carts. <laughs> My man must have a deep freezer full of pizzas at the crib. Hey, I understand that more than toilet paper. I don't fully understand panic buying, but um, 
I really don't understand panic buying toilet paper. Um, yeah, I, I could see you. I could see you stocking up on pizza, but toilet paper. I don't. I don't get that. Um, but but more more so than pan, just panic buying. Are we gonna get to a point where books? Yeah, right. That book. How many people have gotten a book they didn't want to read, or maybe they never read? Um. I got books in the crib right now. I don't know the last time I touched them. But if I ran out of toilet paper, let me tell you something. I'm ripping them papers out, boy. Quit playing with me. Uh, <laughs> are we going to get to a place that the government begins to ration off the supply? Because we're getting to a point where they got to start enacting elder only shopping they got to start enacting uh, i seen i seen already in minnesota a store that was saying you can only buy x amount of toilet paper per household we are that childish we're that immature we're that selfish that we have to be told this is too much we have now turned into the kid who wants right your mom makes you cookies as a kid your friends come over y'all make homemade cookies and we have now as american people turned into the kid who wants all the cookies for himself and so 24 cookies come out of the oven and we're crying because our mom gave each one of our friends a cookie and now we only have eight to ourselves or whatever it is why are we that people why, why do we allow that? Why do we allow our society to become that? It starts as an individual. And it goes, in my opinion, I mean, you can say what you want, but in my opinion, it goes back to what the Bible says. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. How many of us in this society love our neighbor? Maybe when I edit this, I'll put crickets in it crickets in there how many of us love our neighbor as ourself um i don't even know if i could answer that truthfully um but that's the mandate that's that's what we're instructed to do uh so are we going to get to a place where the government has to ration off how much we can buy where you're gonna have to go to the store and there's gonna be what the National Guard watching over the toilet paper aisle. I don't know if we'll ever get to that point, but it's crazy to me, man. It's crazy to think about. Um, and then now you think about it versus self-discipline. There's a difference between rationing, being told, right? So let's take the example of the kid with the cookies, right? You're having a sleepover and your mom makes cookies for everyone's. And you have to be rationed off cookies because you're selfish, and you'll eat them all and you won't care if any of your friends get any. There's a difference between having to be rationed off and having your own self-discipline where you could freely grab all the cookies, but you have enough self-discipline. You're only going to take what you need and leave the rest for other people. Again, we can point this back to a biblical, 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 blah, 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 blah biblical principle excuse me tongue twister you think of when god provided manna daily for the israelites 
Uh, and I don't have the exact scripture reference. What kind of pastor am I? I don't know. Uh, I don't have the exact scripture reference. My bad. Don't throw stones. But God is providing every day for the Israelites manna from heaven, manna and quail. And he instructs them to only take enough for each day. And people have the nerve in our society to say, how does the Bible relate to today? What does the Bible have to do with my life? How could the Bible possibly speak to me as a young person, as a native person, as a black person, as a white person, as a rich person, as a poor person? I just gave you one of the most practical examples you could possibly ever get. We are in a society right now that is panic buying everything. And there's an age old story. Thank you. My brother just gave me the reference numbers. The book of numbers, chapter 11, verse 33. There's a story in the Bible when God is providing for his people on a day to day basis. And he instructs them to only take enough manna for each day. <sighs> Do we get it? Do we get it? So that's just something to think about, man. We're, we're living in a society that is panic buying. Are we going to get to a place? Um, right. And he sent a plague on the people because they hoarded the quail. So the story is two parts. He tells them only take enough for each day. And because they don't listen and they panic by. He sent a plague on them because they disobeyed him. Now, I'm not saying God's going to send a plague on us because we're panic buying all the toilet paper. But what I will say is there are consequences and repercussions for panic buying, one of which could be. The government begins to ration off the supply chain. Another one could be somebody's grandma, somebody's mother, someone's father, uncle, brother can't get the supplies they need because they're old, they're elderly, they're slow, they're crippled, whatever. They have health conditions and they try to go to the store to buy simple things and it's all gone because we bought it all. I got a grandma who's 95, something like that. Man, I would hate for her to have to go to the store and there's nothing there. Now, thank God, um, you know, my uncle and aunt, they help take care of my grandma. So I know she doesn't have to worry about that. But someone else's grandma may not be fortunate enough to have those people in their life. So I'd encourage you, man. God is going to get us through this. God is on our side. Uh, if you don't know the Lord. I've had multiple, I'll end the podcast with this. I've had multiple very serious conversations with people since COVID-19 broke out in America. These are conversations that I never planned to have. Uh, and in two, two instances, these are conversations I never thought I would have with these people, these individuals. Um, one of which, you know, it's like, they're concerned for their soul. And now all of a sudden they're like, yo, how do I get close to God? How do I, 
How do I ask Jesus into my life? How do I get right with God? How do I read his word and speak and pray to him? And, and I need guidance and wisdom and my anxiety and fear and emotions are running wild. What an honor it is to guide someone through that conversation. Now, I'm not saying again, once again, God didn't have to necessarily, God didn't necessarily orchestrate COVID-19, right? But he can work in it and he can work through it to the point that maybe even the hardest of hearts, individuals who, who wanted nothing to do with God, individuals who had hatred towards God, individuals who simply just did not care anything about God or the Bible, are now having these conversations with spiritual people because they're scared, because they're worried, because they're afraid for their children, their families, uh, maybe because they don't have enough money in the bank, maybe because they have an underlying health condition. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow is not promised to us. Out of all the things in my life that I could have accomplished or that I have accomplished, a bachelor's degree, multiple jobs, multiple albums, speaking, rapping, teaching all across America, having a wife, having two kids, being a father. The most important thing that I could ever accomplish is in this moment right now by telling you that there is a God out there and he is in he wants to be in relationship with you. That there's a relationship that we're all created to have. The Bible says that we were created by God and we were created for God. That means God didn't just create us just for the heck of it. But he created us to be in relationship with him. Now because of our sin, what is sin? Right? People say, what is sin? What is sin? How do I know? Sin is a list. It's a, it's a list of rules I can't break. And, Spell sin, S-I-N, the middle letter I. I want to do whatever I want to do. I want to run my own life. I want to look at what I want to look at. I want to sleep with whoever I want to sleep. I want to put into my body whatever I want to put into my body. God, you take care of the universe, the stars, the moon, the sun. Thank you for creating the beautiful oceans and mountains, but I'm going to control my own life. That's sin in a nutshell. You run your own life apart from God's will for your life because of our sin. That relationship we we're created to have is broken. There's no way the relationship can be restored in and of itself. There's no amount of good works we can do on our own to restore that relationship because we're imperfect people. How are we going to get back into relationship with the perfect God as imperfect people? We could give a million dollars to charity. We could do a thousand trips to church. We could feed a thousand people. We could do a thousand ceremonies. We could do a thousand good deeds. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, we are in a broken relationship. There's no relationship. We're severed. It's severed. Us and God are far off. And the only way we can get back to that is through Jesus. And, and people say, well, how do you know Jesus is the way? And I'll share it with you the probably best way I've ever I've ever heard it shared. If God is on a mountaintop 
The world will tell us it doesn't matter which way you choose to get to the top of the mountain. We're all going to get there. But the difference between Jesus of the Bible and every other worldview, every other God, every other religion is Jesus is the only one to have claimed to leave the mountaintop, come down to the people, become human, live among us, live a perfect life without sinning, die on a cross and raise from the dead. And he's the only one to ever claim to do that. So what we're left with is a choice. Either Jesus is who he says he is or he isn't. But he's making an exclusive claim that no one else in history has ever made. And is that I am God in the flesh. And that I not only died on a cross, but I rose again three days later. And that's the most important thing I could accomplish in my life is to share that message with you. Um, so today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow's not promised to us. I wish no evil on anyone. I pray everyone that watches this is as far away from COVID-19 as possible. I pray no one I know gets it. Um, but the reality is whether COVID-19 lasts or when it goes away, which it will go away eventually, something's going to kill us. Old age, cancer, hit and run, drive-by shooting, airplane crash. Whatever it is, Jesus comes back. We're all going to we're all going to pass away. And where are we going to go? So I encourage y'all with that, man. This has been the Morning Sun podcast. I didn't really have that in my notes, but I just felt I just felt urged by the spirit of God to share that with y'all, man. I know this earth is in my home. I know that that the present suffering compares nothing to the future glory that I will partake in in heaven. Nothing this world can throw at me has even the slightest comparison to how great heaven is and will be. And with that, man, this has been the Morning Sun Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Two Braids. Thank you for rocking with me. This is season two, the official kickoff. Be on the lookout for episode two of season two. Share this podcast with your friends, your family. It's available everywhere. Podcasts are available. Be blessed. Uh, have a good night. Peace.